Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 605. We're in 2 Chronicles 28. I've got a nice cup of coffee here in my Banner of Truth mug. Hmm. These are my nice Banner of Truth bookends up here. These are some of the great things I get when I go to the Banner of Truth Ministers Conference, which... I've been privileged to go to a few times. Anyway, we are in 2 Chronicles 28. And despite my light and happy mood this morning, we are in a, a heavy chapter. King Ahaz is coming to the throne, and sadly, he is one of the worst kings in the history of Judah, and there will be grave consequences because of the disastrous unfaithfulness of his rule. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we dig into this chapter today. Heavenly Father, we are your people. You've been so gracious to us. You've given us such a perfect king. We have the King of kings and Lord of lords, the righteous one, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are so thankful for him. Give us wisdom this morning as we look at the reign of King Ahaz. Help us to learn what you would teach us, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 28. Ahaz was 20 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem, and he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord as his father David had done. But he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. He even made metal images for the Baals, and he made offerings in the valley of the son of Hinnom, and burned his sons as an offering according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. And he sacrificed and made offerings on the high places and on the hills and of, under every green tree. Therefore, the Lord his God gave him into the hand of the king of Syria, who defeated him and took captive a great number of his people and brought them to Damascus. He was also given into the hand of the king of Israel, who struck him with great force. For Pekah, the son of Remaliah, killed 120,000 from Judah in one day. All of them men of valor, because they had forsaken the Lord, the God of their fathers. And Zikri, a mighty man of Ephraim, killed Maaseah, the king's son, and Azrakam, the commander of the palace, and Elkanah, the next in authority to the king. The men of Israel took captive 200,000 thousand of their relatives, women, sons, and daughters. They also took much spoil from them and brought the spoil to Samaria. But a prophet of the Lord was there, whose name was Oded. And he went out to meet the army that came to Syria, to Samaria, and said to them, Behold, because the Lord, the God of your fathers, was angry with Judah, he gave them into your hand. But you have killed them in a rage that has reached up to heaven. And now you intend to subjugate the people of Judah and Jerusalem, male and female, as your slaves? Have you not sins of your own against the Lord your God? Now hear me and send back the captives from your relatives whom you have taken, for the fierce wrath of the Lord is upon you. Certain chiefs also of the men of Ephraim, Azariah, the son of Johanan, Berechiah, the son of Meshillamoth, Jehizkiah, the son of Shalem, and Amasa, the son of Hadlai, 
stood up against those who were coming from the war and said to them, You shall not bring the captives in here, for you propose to bring upon us guilt against the Lord, in addition to our present sins and guilt. For our guilt is already great, and there is fierce wrath against Israel. So the armed men left the captives and the spoil before the princes and all the assembly, and the men who had been mentioned by name rose and took the captives, and with the spoil they clothed all who were naked among them. They clothed them, gave them sandals, provided them with food and drink, and anointed them, and carrying all the feeble among them on donkeys, they brought them to their kinsfolk at Jericho, the city of palm trees. Then they returned to Samaria. At that time, the king of Ahaz, sorry, that at that time, King Ahaz, not the king of Ahaz, at that time, King Ahaz sent to the king of Assyria for help. For the Edomites had again invaded and defeated Judah and carried away captives. And the Philistines made raid on the cities in the Shephelah and the Negev of Judah and had taken Beth Shemesh, Ijalon, Gedaroth, Soko with its villages, Timnah with its villages, and Gimzo with its villages, and they settled there. For the Lord humbled Judah because of Ahaz, king of Israel, for he made Judah act sinfully and had been very unfaithful to the Lord. So Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, came against him and afflicted him instead of strengthening him. For Ahaz took a portion from the house of the Lord and the house of the king and of the princes, and he gave tribute to the king of Assyria, but it did not help him. In the time of his distress, he became yet more faithless to the Lord, this same king Ahaz, for he sacrificed to the gods of Damascus that had defeated him and said, because the gods of the king of Syria helped them, I will sacrifice to them that they may help me. But they were the ruin of him and all Israel. And Ahaz gathered together the vessels of the house of God and cut in pieces the vessels of the house of God and shut up the doors of the house of the Lord. And he made himself altars in every corner of Jerusalem. In every city of Judah he made high places to make offerings to other gods, provoking to anger the Lord the God of his fathers. Now the rest of his acts and all of his ways from first to last, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And Ahaz slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city in Jerusalem, for they did not bring him into the tombs of the kings of Israel. And Hezekiah his son reigned in his place. Boy, oh boy, Ahaz, what a wicked, wicked king. You know, Isaiah the prophet had the beginning part of his ministry during the reign of King Ahaz. Uh, in Isaiah 6, it was the year that King Uzziah died, and that was part of Isaiah's ministry. He also ministered during the reign of Jotham, uh, but there's not much that's recorded that's specifically tied to the reign of Jotham. But there is much in some of the early chapters of Isaiah, which we covered when I've been preaching through that book, that does come during the reign of King Ahaz. And um, Ahaz was, was a wicked, wicked king. And the chronicler here pulls no punches in telling us exactly how wicked he was. 
Um, what's interesting about this chapter, I don't know if you picked up on it, but Ahaz is reigning in Jerusalem as the king of Judah. But several times in this chapter, he's actually referred to as the king of Israel and leading all Israel astray. That is to remind us of the fact that although the kingdom is divided between the northern kingdom that took the name Israel with its capital in Samaria and the southern kingdom called Judah, because it was primarily the tribe of Judah, but also Benjamin and lots of Levi and some scattering of some others, they were, they were called Judah and their and their capital was in Jerusalem. Still, it was one people of God. And as Ahaz was sort of following in the ways of the kings of Israel, uh, he's acting like the wicked uh, kings of Israel. So that's part of it, but it's also part of it to show us that really they're still just one people of God, even though they're divided into two kingdoms. They are still one people of God. They are still the Israel of God in the eyes of God. So Ahaz has a short reign, 16 years, but boy, he packed a lot of wickedness into that 16 years. Some of some of the better kings, we would hear about them that they were faithful to the Lord and they repaired the temple and they worshipped God and they, you know they sent out Levites. But they didn't take down the high places, right? They didn't they didn't remove the high places because the hearts of the people still were not faithful to God. Well, Ahaz. Not only does he not remove the high places, but he sacrifices and he makes offerings on the high places and on the hills and under every green tree. And not only that, you know, Jeroboam, the first king of the northern kingdom of Israel, his big sin was that he set up golden calves in Bethel and Dan and said, this is how we're going to worship Yahweh through these graven images, which was a, a pollution of the worship of Yahweh. And then Ahab later introduced the worship of Baal and Asherah because of the influence of his wife Jezebel. But Ahaz goes even farther in that he brings in not only metal images for Baal, but he also starts practicing human sacrifice. He burned his sons as an offering according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. So these are there was a god named Molech, who might have been the one that he was worshiping. Um, but the Valley of the Son of Hinnom is where the, the child sacrifice had been practiced before by the Canaanites. It had been stopped by the Israelites, but then now Ahaz is starting it up again. After Ahaz and after the downfall, they're, they're going to turn this Valley of the Son of Hinnom into a trash heap where they're just going to burn trash continually because it's been so defiled by human sacrifice. It's no longer good for building on, living in, or doing anything. So it just becomes the city garbage dump. And what they do to take care of garbage in the ancient world is they just burn it. And so it's a continually burning fire, burning up the garbage. And this valley of the son of Hinnom is known as Gehenna. And Gehenna is the term that Jesus used uh, to refer to hell. And so he said it's like that, where the fire never goes out and there's a continual burning and a continual smell and a continual decay and rot. That's what hell is like. So Ahaz is such a bad king that he takes a valley of Jerusalem, just outside the city, and so defiles it that it becomes good for nothing but a perpetually burning garbage heap that Jesus used as a symbol of hell. And 
there were consequences. His faithlessness led to these consequences of being defeated by every enemy that they could be defeated by and in horrible, horrible ways. So first the Syrians come in and they strike him down. And then Pekah, the son of Remaliah, which is, um, you know, uh, king of, of Israel, he comes in and he strikes down uh, 120,000 of Judah in one day. And then after that defeat, the men of Israel take 200,000 people captive. We'll come back to that in just a minute. But then later we see that the Philistines come in and take over several cities. And Ahaz tries to send a tribute to Assyria, even though the prophet Isaiah said, don't do that. Don't look to help for help from Assyria. He sends a tribute to Assyria, taking money from the temple and from his own treasury. And instead of helping him, the king of Assyria comes down and defeats him as well. So Syria defeats him, Israel defeats him, Philistines defeat him, the Assyrians defeat him, and he's just absolutely devastated. And he would have lost, you know, so much of his population. 120,000 were killed from previous numbers that we've seen of the army of Israel. That's about a third or a little more than a third of the standing army of Israel, of, of, well, of the army that they could raise to go to battle, were dead. Uh, that's pretty massive. And then 200,000 people who were taken captive. Now, even in the midst of judgment, even in the midst of judgment against such a horrible, wicked king who certainly deserves judgment, and it's not like the people of God were leading a rebellion against him. Remember, previous kings, when they messed up, and they did things they weren't supposed to do, and they suffered defeat. The the you know the powerful people within Jerusalem would lead a conspiracy to overthrow them and kill them. There's no conspiracy to overthrow and kill Ahaz that we see here yet, and so it's not like the people are saying, "Please stop. We want to be faithful to Yahweh. You're leading us astray." As far as we can tell, the people are just going right along with the corruption, and. 200,000 of them are taken captive, but even in the midst of this judgment, God shows mercy. God is merciful and gracious to his people in the midst of judgment they deserve. They fully deserved it. They did horrible things. And yet God says, no, I love my people. They are still my people. And you you Israelites of the north, you people of Samaria, don't you have your own sins against the Lord? Send them back. And there were some good chiefs of the northern people, and they came back from the war, and they said, no, 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 no. We've already killed 120,000 people in battle. We've already been so violent and so full of rage. No, we're not going to do this. We are not going to do this. We're not going to bring the wrath of God upon ourselves. And so they, they actually take these people and they, and they clothe them and they provide for them and they send them back, all the way back to Jericho, uh, the city of palm trees. Jericho is like the entry city into Judah. You know, it's right near the Jordan River. Uh, and so they send them there. And that's a relief. It's a sign of God's grace and God's mercy in the midst of judgment. But we go back to judgment after that story and more idolatry and more judgment. What do we see here? Well, what we see here is that when our hearts 
go astray from the Lord. And we believe that the world has something better to offer us than God does. And we go looking for fulfillment, power, prestige from the gods of this age. Those gods are false gods who are really just the masks of demons and they hate us. Who are the false gods of our age? I mean, you know who they are, right? Money, success, political power, pleasure, self-indulgence, self-esteem, autonomy. There are various ways of trying to get what we want apart from God, where we elevate the things that God created to a place where they become God's substitutes. And instead of using them to serve God and do his will, we're using them to serve ourselves and try to satisfy ourselves. And the, that is a, a trap. It is a trap from the enemy of our souls who wants to destroy us and who leads us into that trap and holds us there so that he can devastate us. The good news is that even when we do give ourselves over to idols and even when we are suffering consequences of giving ourselves over to idols, even then God is still gracious and merciful. And we can turn to the Lord at any time and we can say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I have done wrong. I want to turn back to you. I want to be yours. And God will be gracious and God will restore and God will forgive. The other thing we need to see here, as we've seen with all of these kings, is praise the Lord that we have such a better king than King Ahaz, one who is righteous in all of his ways. He's worth our loyalty. See, the people of Judah gave their loyalty to Ahaz, and they followed him off into battle, even when 120,000 of them got slaughtered. And they followed him in the worship of false gods, even though they knew it was forbidden by God. How much more, how much more should we follow our good and gracious king, who leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake? So I think those are the two things we need to know today. Beware of idolatry. It is costly, deadly. Yet even in the midst of that, we can cry to God for mercy and he'll deliver us. And second, our king is the greater king who is more, far, far more worthy of our loyalty and our allegiance than any corrupt earthly king that leads God's people astray into idolatry. The good news is, if you see down there chapter 29, now, as we read in the last verse of chapter 28, Hezekiah is coming up next. And Hezekiah is one of the best kings in the history of Israel. So that's what we get to look at tomorrow. So we can look forward to that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this chapter of your word. Please write it on our hearts. Please help us to learn the lessons you would have us to learn. Please help us to be loyal to King Jesus and to follow him always, we pray in his name. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me. And again, we'll be in chapter 29 tomorrow. Hope you can join me then. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.